Hello, good morning, Summit Nation. Praise God, all of our friends, guests. Praise God. Welcome to Summit Church this morning. Thank you, Lord Jesus. God is good. Amen. Amen. Carla has a couple of really good words today. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? Praise God. We want to welcome our Indianapolis uh, campus. Praise God. Uh, but um, just join me, Summit family. I'm going to speak to my Summit family now. I'm not the pastor of, of, of uh, the United States. I'm <laughs> pastor of, of Summit Church. And so we always encourage you to pray for those in authority. And uh, the scripture says um, in 1 Timothy chapter 2 and um, verse 1, first of all, then I urge that supplications, prayers, say prayers, prayers. intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings. Now, we don't have kings in the United States, but we do have a president. Okay, and we should pray for our president. We've got the remaining days of uh, President Trump, and we, we want to pray for a smooth transition to our uh, president-elect, Joe Biden and uh, Kamala Harris, and uh, we're praying for, praying for them. Amen. And uh, it doesn't matter whether or not you like somebody or whether you voted for them. It's our responsibility to pray. Why? The scripture, scripture tells us we need to be educated on these things. We need to be more scripturally educated than we are politically educated. Amen. Keep our eyes on Jesus. I said, um, well, let me finish reading this. Uh, we pray for kings, presidents, senators, congressmen, mayors, judges, people in authority. Amen? Why? That we may lead for kings and all who, watch this, are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceable and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. Amen. This is why, why we pray. And see, oh, I left out an important part here. Um, it's good and pleasing in the sight of God our Savior. Watch this. This is the bottom line. Who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. That's what it's all about. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory to God. Um, I, I say this sometimes jokingly, but... Um, the Lord speaks to me on the way to church a lot. <laughs> and, and sometimes it's at a particular place. And, uh, and, I, and I've said it, it's usually like right in the downtown area. But, but um, I guess the, the cloud moved over to by Jefferson Point. <laughs> so I got something today, and I didn't want to be a distracted driver. So uh, I believe the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit knew that, so he's going to give it to me again. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, I, I, I'm not a very, I'm not one of these people that try to be spooky with it. <laughs> no. I mean, 
you, you can give a word from God without doing all of that. Now, now I'm, I'm not knocking people that do that, but sometimes people just do that. I, I, I'm just interested in the word of the Lord, and I, I believe in, in prophecy, and, and sometimes I, I'm just listening for the prophecy. I'm not looking at the method by which it's delivered. And sometimes we get the method by tradition, and we just seen somebody else do it. We feel like that when we give a word from the Lord, we go, <laughs> you know, we, okay, so I, that's, that's not my style. But I do believe I, I've, got, I've got a word. The Lord spoke to me on the, on the way here. My people, many of my people are being divided and distracted by politics. But those who keep their eyes on me, those who keep their eyes on Jesus, are going to see me move in their life in an, an incredible way. You're going to see your lives going to the next level. You're going to reach new heights in your life, new levels of favor, prosperity, and victory. You're going to see me move in your families and experience breakthroughs. You're going to receive manifestations, things that you have been believing for for a long time are going to come to pass your finances, some of you have been standing for a financial breakthrough for a long period of time, and you've wondered where, uh, uh, when is it going to manifest? Keep your eyes on Jesus, and you will see the things that you have been desiring, things that you have been believing for. Your finances will turn around. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Don't allow anything to distract you from the word of God. Thank you, Jesus. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Y'all received that? Amen. Amen. Ooh, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We, Summit Church, we are keeping our eyes on Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. The answer to all your problems does not live in D.C., He lives on the inside of you. That's something I put out in a post this week, and I, it just came to me. We, uh, the answers to your problems, all of them, I don't care what your problem is, his name is Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The word of righteousness, we're going to get back to this. Um, I taught something else last week. Y'all staying out of strife? Yeah. Amen. 
Thank you, Jesus. It's a great opportunity for the body of Christ to, to rise up. God is, God is doing some incredible things on the earth. We need to keep our eyes on him. We're going to see incredible things, those of us who don't get distracted. Arguing with people, getting in strife with people. Amen. When people come against you, don't uh, uh, remember where pride comes from. Amen. Stand against that. We, we all um, are tempted from time to time to get in strife, to get in pride. And so just remember to um, keep your eyes on Jesus. Amen. And uh, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. God always has your back. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We, how many of you know we're in a new covenant? We're not under the law, but we're under grace. You don't have to be, you don't have to get right with God. You've heard that before. I've been talking about this in, in, in this series. Um, there are so many <coughs> uh, churches that are focused on getting people right with God. Well, you need to get right with God. If, if you pray more, God will hear you. If you get in your, read in your Bible more, you're going to think, see things happen in your life. Okay, you need to get right. You need to read the Bible more. You need to pray more. You need to do this more. You're already, no, that's incorrect. You are already right with God. <clears throat> and, and what I've been teaching on is the word of righteousness. Righteousness is right standing with God. You know, much of the church, you know what the message is in, in, in many, many churches? You're screwed. Basically, you, you know, you're screwed. You, you, you're not doing enough. You're not praying enough. You're not, you, you, you know, you got to do this. You, you need to do that. And you need to do, in other words, you, you're just screwed. And so I'm, I'm, I'm here to tell you what you need to do to get right with God. You know why I get such a response to that? Because you know it's, you know it's right. It's always, something, it's always what's, not what's right with you, it's what's wrong with you. The gospel is not a message of what's wrong with you, it's what's right with you. <laughs> Boy, isn't it, isn't it good news? We're not under the law. We're under grace. You know, the, the uh, let me make sure I say this right. The temptation into, the, okay, so the old covenant, let me frame it by saying this. The old covenant was a relationship with God that was based on what you had to do to qualify for God's blessings. The new covenant is a relationship with God that's based on what Jesus did to qualify you. You are qualified for every blessing of God not by your obedience, but because of Jesus' obedience. The scripture says, thanks be to God, or um, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to partake of the inheritance. Okay, so that said, think about it in the Old Covenant. They had to keep the law to be blessed. The temptation of the Old Covenant 
was the temptation that they had was breaking the law. Now listen to this. The temptation we have in the new covenant is keeping the law. We don't have to keep the law. Jesus fulfilled the law. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Um, okay. So that said, let's, uh, we're going to begin in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And uh, we're going to begin in verse 20. Excuse me, verse 17. This is not in your notes, and I encourage you to, um, we need to switch over to uh, another mode over there up top so I can... Okay. We're going to make a confession in a moment. Romans 10.4 says, for Christ, everybody say Christ. Christ. Write this down if you're taking notes. Um, and we have notes available in the app. I encourage you to get our Summit Church app. You can search for it in um, your app store, Summit Church Indiana. Okay. And um, this is not in your notes, but I want to give this to you. Romans 10.4, for Christ, say Christ again. Yes. Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. Now, that's plain, isn't it? Now, there's other scriptures. This is just one. But Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. What happens when you believe? With, with, we'll get to this later, but the, with, by your, with your heart, you believe to righteousness. The moment you, you are saved, you become the righteousness of God in Christ. Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God. The power of God unto salvation. And salvation is an all-inclusive word. It means deliverance, preservation, healing, Safety, soundness, and prosperity. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation. And the 17th verse says, for in it. See, righteousness is a part of the gospel. Watch this. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation. For in it, in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. Righteousness is so important. When you receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness, you will reign in life. Amen. No matter who the president is, you will reign in life. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, we're going to switch over. Uh, they flipped it a little bit last week. I, I, I flipped the confession a bit, but we're going to go back to I am. Okay. But Last week, I emphasized the fact that this, this, what we're confessing is not just for you, it's for the person next to you. Amen. We need to, 
to treat people and see people that way. Amen? Okay. My confession just left me back on the screen. <laughs> Amen. All right. Praise God. So, um, Jesus. All right, um, we'll just, we'll, we'll move on with the message today. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, uh, verse 17. Therefore, if any person, I'm reading from the Amplified Bible. But first, <laughs> we're going to say these confessions. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. All right. I am greatly blessed, <coughs> highly favored, and deeply loved by you. I am the disciple who Jesus loves. I am my father's favorite child. I am the apple of his eye. I am well-pleasing in his sight. I receive the love that my father has for me. Everything I do and touch shall be blessed because I am the beloved. I am loved. Righteous, blessed, disciplined, focused, prepared, qualified, not average, not mediocre, holy, flawless, without blemish, blameless, and free from accusation. I am a child of the Most High God. I will become all I was created to be in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 17, Amplified. Therefore, if any person is engrafted in Christ, the Messiah, he is a new creation, a new creature altogether. The old, previous, moral, and spiritual condition has passed away. Behold, the fresh and new has come. We're brand new people in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. But all things are from God who through Jesus Christ reconciled us to himself. Watch this. Received us into favor, brought us into harmony with himself, and gave to us the ministry of reconciliation. That uh, by word and deed, we might aim to bring others into harmony with him. It was God. Hey, y'all, uh, y'all up there doing the, the slides and stuff. I just realized something. I didn't send, I didn't send this message to y'all. So that's my fault. So you don't need to look for the message. It's, it's, it's not your fault. Okay. All right. So go to the app. If you're watching online, the screen, the scripture should be on the screen. But uh, y'all in person, 
Go to the app. We got the scriptures there, all right? It was God personally present in Christ, reconciling, now focus on this, reconciling and restoring the world to favor with himself. Now, remember we looked at, we looked at this last time that God, and, and you can look at this in John chapter 3, verses 17 and 18. God is not judging you. God will never judge the believer. Okay? Now, we looked at that in John chapter 3, uh, 17 and 18. And see, here it says, don't miss this. He didn't say he, he, he restored the church to favor with himself. He restored the world. Now, some people go to an extreme with this, and, and they miss other scriptures, okay? They, uh, and they go on, to, they, they take it to extreme and say that, well, everybody's saved. You don't need to uh, accept the Lord into your life because he says that, that he reconciled the world. He, he saved the whole world, so there's, there's no need to... Uh, uh, there's no need to make Jesus the Lord of your life. Well, that's inaccurate, okay? Because what? Why would he, we even preach? Why did? Why would Jesus say, "Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature if everybody's saved"? Because people people use this to say, "Well, you know, everybody's saved." Okay, that's not that's not the gospel. What this is talking about is the provision has been made. The price has been paid. This is the reason why God is not judging you for your sins because Jesus was judged in your place. Okay? So, the world, is the world saved? Well, the provision has been made. I want everybody to pay, pay close attention here because people go off with this. The provision has been made. The price has been paid. Jesus shed his blood for the sins of the whole world. But you're, you, you, you have to receive that for yourself. That's why we go and preach the gospel. He that believes is saved. You're saved by believing this good news that Jesus saved you. Okay, got it? So he's reconciled, this, but this is good news, and it makes it easy to preach the gospel, right? When, when I mean, when, when people can see how much the Father loves you. I mean, it's hard to turn this down. When you know that he loves you, he, he didn't love you when you get, he, he does love you when you got saved, but he loved you before you got saved. And I still, I'm still challenged explaining the love of God. We, we will never, we, we will never in our lifetime fully understand the love of God. God, he demonstrated his love. I mean, we, we know the love of Jesus. You can th see it through the Gospels, yet we never see any record of him telling anybody, anybody I love you. 
something, isn't it? But you can see it. Out of, out of every, every move, every fiber of his being, every, every encounter with him today, even as he's at the right hand of the Father, everybody who encounters him will see his love. And, and I, I pray that every one of you experience his love for yourself. It'll change your life. God demonstrated his love for us in that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. He reconciled the world to favor with himself. Thank you, Lord. I want you to know that he loves you. His love will come, I mean, even, even when you, you, you're in a dark place and you don't even like yourself because of something you've done. The love of Jesus will come right into that and say, and say, you are loved. I love you just the way you are. It's transforming. When you experience it, you'll never be the same. <laughs> it was God personally present in Christ, reconciling and restoring the world to favor with himself, not counting up and holding against men their trespasses, but canceling them. See, the sins of the world, this is the message. It tells us right here, how do we get it twisted? Why are we trying to fix people? And people are like, but what about sin? He canceled them. Amen. Our sins have been canceled. Thank you, Jesus. Well, then, people are sinning. You're focusing on the wrong thing. So, so what do you do when you sin? Here's a crazy idea. Stop. <laughs> See, what, what, what religion does, they have the wrong message. And Paul addressed this in, um, in Romans chapter 2. People that, you know, religious folks that point fingers at you. You know, Paul said, you who uh, teach people to steal, do you steal? <laughs> I mean, you can go on and on with that. I mean, you, you that tell people to stop lying, do you lie? See, all of us sin. All right? You'll sin less once you see Jesus and, and when, when, you, when you walk with him, amen, and, and, and focus on him. See, it, it, this is all about Jesus, focusing on his, his finished work. So what do you do when you sin? Just stop, stop it. That's one thing. And you can. You have the ability to do it. And um, when you sin, focus on his finished work. I'll acknowledge that 
You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Acknowledge his finished work. Amen. And, and you'll come out of that sin. But our message is not stop sinning. I mean, we're, we're free from sin. Paul said, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Because we preach grace? Should we continue in sin? Paul said, certainly not. How can we? You know, I, I used to do coke. I can, you know, today I can snort all the coke I want. I can go to all the clubs I want. Huh? I can commit all the adultery I want, and God will still love me. But I don't want to. See, that, see that's the thing that people miss. We have the Spirit of God on the inside of us. We don't need uh, religious police. And I, I'm, I'm not struggling with any of those things. Because I'm not thinking about, those things are not on my mind. <laughs> Amen? Because guess what? When you guys say you got a new nature, we looked at that in verse 17. See, the new covenant is a download and a deletion. <laughs> it's a, a download of you got a new heart, a new spirit. It's a deletion of all your sins. A deletion of the nature that made you sin is gone. Focus on that. Focus on the fact that, I mean, when you're tempted to sin, and even if you are in the midst of a sin, say, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Some of you may be watching, and you might, might have the coke lines on the table right now. And you're in the midst of doing something. You're in the midst of getting high, or, or you got, a, you got a, a fifth of whiskey, and you're drunk right now. And you don't want to do it because it's not your nature. And you're a believer. Say this right in the midst of it. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Acknowledge that Jesus finished the work. You know when G Jesus said it is finished? It's finished. It's not under construction. It's not a work to be completed. It is finished. You are, regardless of your behavior, you are complete in him. The, the scripture says you are complete. Say what God says about you. I mean, the most sinningest church, if that's a, a word, was the Corinthians. I mean, for crying out loud, a, a, a guy was, would, would be sleeping with his father's wife. And Paul didn't rake them over the coals. You know, you know what Paul did? He said, don't you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? What did he tell people uh, that stole? What did he tell them to do? To stop. <laughs> See, that's not your nature. Let him that stole steal no more. 
But see, religion, they want to have long seminars and people going down what, what, what I, I call the walk of shame, coming down front, crying and boo-hooing. And let me make sure you really repent it. And you give people um, things to do. I used to do that kind of stuff as a pastor. I'll admit it. I mean, if, if somebody got caught up in, in some adultery, and um, I'd, man, I'd talk to some friends of mine, and I, was, and I remember one case, and, and talked to one person in particular to try to get some books and some materials and things to, to help them out. And, and, and my intention, I had, I had the right intention. But what's wrong with that? Don't, don't they, need to, they, they need to learn. They need to understand some stuff. But um, you know what? I, I turn people off by doing that. And I see now under, under graces, that's, that wasn't the right thing to do. The right thing was to love them, not give them instruction. Because you know what? They weren't happy about what they did. And they, they didn't need a stack of books. Come on. Now, some people would be very confused with that. But see... Um, I can't help people if I run them off. <laughs> and I, I, I can't quite blame them. It's like we, we want to give people these things to do. And like, okay, somebody gets caught up in something. They don't really, they, they're not happy that they got caught up in it, but they got caught up in it nonetheless. They, okay, it is what it is. Here we are. So like here's a stack of books I want you to read. And, I want you, and then I want you to report back to me every week and give me a report and all this kind of nonsense. How about just love them and let the Holy Spirit uh, 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 guide them? The Holy Spirit is the best navigator. He's better than, the, than that um, navigation system in your car. That navigation system in your car will never get frustrated with you. You can make wrong turns all day long, and it'll keep guiding you. Okay, just go uh, two miles, make a U-turn. <laughs> it never raises its voice. Huh? The Holy Spirit's better than that. He's not on the inside of you to control you in, uh, in, in terms of, uh, I mean, um, make you feel bad. Control you in a bad way is what I mean. He, he's there to, to guide you and to lead you and to gently point you in the right direction. He's the best navigator. Y'all getting something out of this? It was God personally present in Christ. Reconciling and restoring the world to favor with himself, not counting up and holding against men their trespasses, but canceling them. Your sins have been canceled. And watch this. And, okay, if you go back to verse 18, it says, he gave to us the ministry of reconciliation. Say, he gave to me the ministry of reconciliation. 
Okay, so watch this. See, see this? It says he has he canceled our sins and committed to us. Who's that? The believer. We're to carry on the message of Jesus, which is the, the message of reconciliation. Now, we don't need to get it twisted. And it's the message of restoration, uh, restoration to favor. This is what we need to tell the world. We, we, we shouldn't get this twisted because it's, it tells us exactly right here what the ministry of reconciliation is, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself. Received us into favor and brought us into harmony with himself. Thank you, Jesus. And he gave to us the ministry of reconciliation. Tells us what it is. God in Christ reconciling the world of favor with himself and not, 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 not <laughs> counting up. Religion is good at counting people's sins. But that's not the gospel. The gospel is not counting up and holding against men their trespasses. But what? Canceling them. Church, this is the message of reconciliation that God gave to us. This is what we need to be telling the world. And this is not just the preacher. This is you. This is your job to go into all the world and preach the gospel. That wasn't written to the preacher. That was written to all believers, including the pastor and apostle, the prophet, evangelist, and teacher. It includes us, but it includes everybody. We need to tell this good news to the world because there's so many people in the world that have not heard the good news. Oh, boy, it's the, it's the best news that never been told like it should. Thank you, Lord. The, the gospel, let me bring this up. I heard this this week. This is awesome. Um, this is from a, a 16th century dictionary that some, somebody had quoted, and uh, he read this in a... Uh, a 16th century dictionary. The, the gospel is a 16th century word. I mean, I heard this before that the gospel, the word gospel during, in Paul's day was a very seldom used word. I'm told that they could only find it in all of the Greek literature. They could only find it like twice in all of Greek liturg uh, literature because it was a very rarely used word because there was really, it, it was so so powerful that there was really nothing that, that could, could justify using this word. I mean, it, it's, it's such, it's such over-the-top news that it was, it was rarely used because nothing was, nothing was that good. So, this is what it means in, from a 16th century dictionary. It's an old English word. It means the good, glad, merry news that makes a man 
fairly leap for joy. <laughs> the good, glad, merry news that makes a man fairly leap for joy. The, I'm telling you what, it's the best news that you'll ever hear. This gospel message that I'm presenting to you today. It's the best news that you, you will ever hear. And if you could ever get a revelation of it, you want to tell everybody. You don't have to feel like, oh, man, I, need to, I, I really need to tell people about Jesus. I, I feel bad about, you know, not telling people, not, not evangelizing. No, this is not, not for you to feel bad. You don't have to try to evangelize. Once you, once you really understand what this good news is, you won't be able to shut up. You'll be, you'll be telling people at work, have you heard the good news? <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 um, yeah, of course, you know, uh, uh, Joe Biden got elected. That's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> have you heard the good news? <laughs> Amen. People need to understand the good news. It, it'll, it'll set people free when you understand the incredible love of Jesus, that God so loved the world, and that he didn't send his son into the world to condemn it. He's not mad at you. See, religion paints God again with this frowny face and Jesus crying and sad. That's not a picture of Jesus. That's not a picture of our Father. Our Father is happy. Thank you, Lord. And I tell you what, church, if we focus on what he's doing, you're going to see some incredible favor happen in your life, in this church, on the earth, because we're going to shout this good news from the, from the rooftop. Thank you, Jesus. So we Verse 20 says, so we are Christ's ambassadors, God making his appeal as it were through us, we as, as Christ's personal representatives, beg you for his sake to lay hold of the divine favor now offered you and be reconciled to God. This is our message. Let's tell the people. Man, receive this favor. <laughs> God has an incredible plan for your life. Ooh, hallelujah. For our sake, verse 21, he, God, made Christ virtually to be sin who knew no sin so that in and through him we might become endued with, viewed as being in, and examples and examples of the righteousness of God. What we ought to be approved, acceptable, and in right relationship with him by his goodness. Righteousness means I shared this in the, in the first um, message in this series. Righteousness means that you are right with God. 
not guilty, approved, accepted, and well-pleasing in his sight as you ought to be. Thank you, Jesus. Romans 10.10, for with the heart, how do you become righteous? By believing. I gave you in a previous message some righteousness facts, okay? Righteousness is a gift. It's not a goal to be achieved. It's a gift to be received. With the heart, a person believes, adheres to, trusts in, and relies on Christ. And, and so is justified. Justified means declared righteous. Okay? So, but with a heart, a person believes, adheres to, trusts in, and relies on Christ, and so is justified, declared righteous, acceptable to God, and with the mouth he confesses, declares openly, and speaks out freely his faith and confirms his salvation. Thank you, Jesus. You see that? You believe and then you are declared righteous, acceptable to God. You are accept, say, I am acceptable to God, acceptable to God. By, my by my believing and not by my doing. By my doing. I, am I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I am loved. I am highly favored. God is doing big things in my life. All things are working together for my good. I'm going to another level because I see Jesus. I am the head and not the tail. I shall only go up and not down. My Heavenly Father is smiling at me. He's madly in love with me. He's not in a bad mood concerning me. He loves me. I receive the love that my Father has for me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the gospel, Lord. Amen. If you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, I want to invite you to make him Lord today.